Welcome to Demogranomics, your insight to the powerful surprises ahead for the US economy. Demogranomics, where people make markets. And now, here is Mike Williams. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. It's Mike here, and we're going to call today's podcast more of a question. Ask yourself, are you the dog or the owner? That'll make sense here in a few minutes. Do you ever notice how tough it is to really feel what it was like on 9-10, the day before the 9-11 attack on America? So often now we move from problem to problem that reality tends to get lost, well, in the summer haze. I would argue that pre-9-11, we thought in terms of potential and possibilities. You knock us down, we got back up. We didn't really care. Today, we think of problems and hurdles and risks, and we think of ourselves as weaker. That sounds simplistic, I know, but it seems too many have become lost in that haze. I suppose in the end, though, it's required. For markets to rise over time, we must always have a steady, ready-made batch of pessimists. Count us on the opposite side of that fence, of course, and trust me when I say this, there are very few people on our side of the fence, and that's really good. So as all of us here at Demogronomics wish you and yours an enjoyable weekend with loved ones and friends, we send you off with a few things to ponder until we see you again. I read stuff stuff all the time. Here are a few things I've read recently. Coca-Cola is pushing against a decade-long tide of soda consumption decline. Its stock is at an all-time high. Cigarette consumption has fallen 44% since 1981. Altria's stock is up 71,000% since then. Walmart was the worst stock last year as its new CEO was announcing a major restructuring across the board. In the meantime, net income there has tripled since 2000. Its stock has lost 1.5% over the same period. Apple has rung the register for nearly a quarter trillion dollars in profits since 2012, more than any other company, except its stock has barely budged. Amazon's profits are... Let me see. Carry the one, add six, multiply that by four points, uh, zero since 2012. And that stock has tripled. 2009 was one of the worst years for our economy in a century. The market, it rose 27%. 2015 was a pretty good year for the economy as we set all-time records in many important categories. The market rose less than 1%. On the morning of yet another jobs number, we forget quickly that America is enjoying the longest streak of extremely low, now near record lows, of unemployment claims. Yet the media darlings want us to fret over the jobs number set to be released in hours as though it will matter in a week. By the way, our stock market is also flat after the last two years. So here's the deal. Let's spend less time listening to Wall Street analysts predict the outcomes ahead and more time dealing with underlying facts, which are hard to escape. Walking the dog. Way back years ago, I recall reading a reference to walking a dog. You might like this story. I might not retell it perfectly, but it went something like this. This guy, the owner, 
walked his dog to work every day a few miles from home. Now keep in mind, his work, his office, never moved. It was always at the same address, rain or shine, night or day. Same path, same street, same number, same building, everything the same. Boring, right? Well, as anyone who's ever walked a dog knows, no one can ever tell where the next step will be. Sort of like flipping a coin, or in Wall Street truth, guessing. You never know when your dog will stop to sniff a tree trunk, the crack in the sidewalk, the grass on the edge of the sidewalk, a twig on the ground in the sidewalk, or an ant walking across the concrete. God forbid they ever see a squirrel vaulting up a tree three blocks ahead or another cat or dog, or they get spooked by a car horn or even a fire truck heading through traffic. The point? The dog's walk is all reactionary, moving to and fro. You're not going to guess what they do next. All the while, the owner is heading to the very same address every single day. All investors eventually must recognize the analogy. Let's focus on being the owner and not the dog. The dog is the markets. The owners are the companies we own. The need to know. Do we really need to know everything? Do I need to know every single economic tidbit out there, every report's angle, every missed penny or nickel over time in an earnings report for any company? No, I don't. And here's the important part. Neither do you. In my humble opinion, that's the entire Wall Street trick. Lead the investor, large and small, to believe they know something you don't. Make it sound important. Use terminology that often means little more than, I went to Harvard and you didn't. And then explain how much it will cost to put that newly created fear at ease. It's all about the tension the wizard behind the curtain can build over time. The fact is somewhat different if one is willing to separate themselves from the garbage and the noise. A large portion of a solid stock portfolio can prosper for decades, get this, without touching it. Owning and holding a set of high-quality companies with a significant foundation of coming demand is not like a push-button game with constant action and reaction. It is not the dog in the story I just told. The process we strive for is what should be as hands-off as one can possibly emotionally manage. The benefit of focusing on the barbell economy is also the biggest strength of any long-term investor. It permits you to not have to trade, fiddle around with positions all the time, recheck every quarterly report, and demand daily monitoring. We just count people. We study waves of demography and plant seeds in the middle of those pathways, letting businesses earn profit and accrue value to their owners. The white wave buyout we mentioned yesterday was an example, a perfect example of this. How many times do you think they missed a production level? Or maybe they got a product wrong, or maybe a batch of labels was incorrect, or maybe they got bad headlines in XYZ media channel. Or did they hit the expected profit margins of the analysts on Wall Street? There were plenty of times they didn't do that. Did any of that change the fact that tens of millions of people between Gen Y and the baby boom decided to start eating healthier? 
and drink better milk? Of course it didn't. Stop the fretting and the angst. Let's move back to potential and possibilities. They are far more productive for investors over time. Speaking of the future, we may not realize this, but we eat up our future one day at a time by focusing on extreme levels of fear, extreme levels of possible outcome, only because of the most recent decade or two in the markets. All the while, the aspect of compounding results is completely overlooked by a vast majority of the audience, often too busy focusing instead on the headlines of the morning. An example? Well, how about our jobs number that's coming up this morning? Look, there's only two possible outcomes the media will focus you on. The number is worse than expected, or the number is better than expected. If it's worse than expected, the very next headlines will have to do with the Fed being in a corner, with no bullets left, a failing economy, the effects of Brexit, the hollowing out of the middle class, buying gold or bonds, and the loss of jobs for years to come. In minutes, a worse-than-expected number will be terrible for us. However, if it's a number that is better than expected, the very next headlines would be the shifting landscape on an assured rate hike, the hawkish tone of the Fed, the stronger dollar, the loss in earnings, the fact that we are all late, and how international inflationary pressures will build. In other words, it too will be bad for us. The laughter you hear is because you know in your gut how foolish this has all become. Remember this, the future is set to make your current fears seem minuscule, even irrelevant. Consider that just a few days after the Dow crossed 100 for the first time, way back in 1942, it fell 2.9% from 106 to 103. That three-point move was huge at the time. As a percentage, today it would be the kind of stuff we would have had special reports over on the nightly news. But three points today? Well, guess what? It's 0.01% of today's market. Utterly meaningless. Or how about a more recent example that every finance textbook teaches the crash of 1987 was one of the biggest market events in history. We all know the Dow fell 508 points, 22% that day during the crash, which was extraordinary and potentially world-ending. But now, that point total, 508 points, is regularly seen in the movement of the Dow over a smattering of days, sometimes only one or two. The sky is not falling. Over the next three, five, ten, and twenty years, we will very likely pause and look back on the haze we've felt over the last couple years. What felt like a long walk through vast fields of quicksand will turn out more like a lunch stop, a foundation, not a top. This tug of war is good. It's the start of good things, a turning point for the better, driven by the largest economic event to ever hit the United States, or the world for that matter. Corporations and business channels will adjust far more quickly to Brexit than governments will, as long as they stay out of the way. The surprise? Brexit's impact on earnings for U.S. multinationals longer term will be minimal, if not actually beneficial despite the massive fears the press would have you to believe. Let's cut through the garbage. 
The process can be simpler. Study people. Where are they? Where are they going? Doesn't mean everybody's going to do the same thing, but over time, a lot of them will. Boring, yes, but effective. And then, let it work. Letting it work is the hardest part of the task. I'm going to repeat something I said in yesterday's podcast. Here's the most uncomfortable thought of all. I'm repeating it only to drive home the point. The U.S. economy has so so far survived some of the worst set of fiscal policies imaginable put on any country over the last seven years. It has been a horrible experiment coming out of D.C. It's about to end. In spite of that, we can thank our demographics as our economy is set to get even stronger for many years ahead not weaker. It will be the largest surprise people have witnessed in decades. We'll have more later for you. We hope these thoughts have been helpful. But until we see you again on the next podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.